Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Greetings and salutations. I'm Bernie Frato. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So go to geico.com for a free rate quote. This is straight out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Maple Grove, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. You know, there's an old Chinese proverb which states, may you live in interesting times. And it was actually once quoted by President John F. Kennedy in a speech. Of course, the quote has a dual meaning. Interesting times may contain danger and uncertainty, but they can also produce creativity, advancement, and progress. Well, if there's one thing the coronavirus phenomenon has reminded us of, it's that sports are truly an integral part of our society. They are not extracurricular. They are interwoven into the fabric of America. They inspire us, entertain us. They teach us life lessons. Now, sports also provide a vehicle for us to feed our competitive spirit. See, betting on games not only enhances the viewing participation of the sporting event itself, well, it feeds a primal nature of the combative quality that all sports bettors have. So the desire to win, the need to win, the adrenaline rush, and along the way, we realize sports are a metaphor for life. Well, if you can't play or watch the games and you can't get down a wager either, well, the next best thing is talking about them. It's cathartic. It's therapeutic. It's what we do. Sports are entertainment. 
But more than that, they're a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. So tonight, we take the show in a slightly different direction. As I welcome in a gentleman I've known since 1995. Together, we logged thousands of hours on Detroit radio, covering all the major sports teams, and along the way, working on events like Super Bowl 40, the 2006 World Series, the 2005 Major League Baseball All-Star Game, the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Playoffs, Malice at the Palace. Well, and of course, we spent many years as part of the Detroit Lions on-air team broadcasting the pre- and post-game shows for the Detroit Lions. So let's say hello to Emmy Award-winning Mark, the man Wilson. Mark. Hello, Bernie. <laughs> wow, that's very nice of you, and I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be with you. Dude, we talked on the phone, as we always do, and you reminded me... We do better shows on the phone. Well, that, that, don't say that. Thursday was supposed to be opening day. And, yes. you know, we heard our esteemed partner, Rob Parker's soliloquy. It was awesome. Thursday night. Call the Peabody people. I yeah, understand. That was great. I, it, was, it was really terrific. It was really good. Because it was heartfelt, and it was sincere, and it was genuine. And, and we all feel the same thing. But you pointed out that this was 25-year anniversary of what was also supposed to be an opening day, but didn't happen for an entirely different reason. And part of the theme for tonight's show is how sports, the course of history in sports has changed or might have changed due to unexpected events. Well, if you, you know, 25 years ago, we're talking about the replacement baseball stuff. Bingo. Going on. You know, after the strike of 94, they came back with replacement baseball to start. I was at the spring. Tra we had two spring trainings. I was at replacement baseball spring training, which was just an – I called it – I'm, I'm going to be careful here. I called it a clutterbuck. I did it on TV because Brian Clutterbuck – Minnesota Twins. Well, I think he was a Brewers, too – was actually in that Tiger camp. Now, this is when training. you were with Fox 2 Detroit Correct. as the lead anchor right. sports – go ahead. So I go down TV. there. For, I go down there, and it was just unbelievable. Sparky Anderson had walked, famously walked away. Oh, yeah. Refusing to, to – as he said – I will not damage the integrity of this game. These are not the Tigers. He walks away. I had to go to Joe Klein, who was the general manager at the time. I said, Joe, your manager just left. You got a guy? Now, you know who the guy was. That Tom Reynolds. Tom was Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, the first I went, the Expos guy? <laughs> I didn't even, Tom Reynolds? Oh, yeah, we just hired him for minor league. So he took over. It was just that bad. And it was. we thought that they would actually start a season. With replacement guys. They were Came close. very close. Yes. In fact, it was uh, current Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who was very instrumental, along with President Clinton, in ending that strike 25 years ago. Uh, and then we had the second spring training in April when the real guys came back. They wouldn't play with the scabs. The scab guys couldn't get, I think Kevin Millar was one of them, mm -hmm. could not be part of the union for the rest of their careers because they weren't allowed to do that. That was one of the penalties. So 25 years ago was a very strange, weird time period because at this time, literally, what is today, the 28th, we didn't know what was going to happen. We weren't sure what baseball was going to do. They were not that close until the final minutes, literally the 11th hour, Bernie, until that got settled and we had the second spring training. And then, of course, 95 became the year of Cal Ripken. But March 10th of 1995, a famous gentleman who played another sport walked away. Him. Yeah. And you talk to him, and what's interesting is this plays into our theme because had there not been a strike, Ron Schuler, the general manager of the White Sox, indicated he probably would have gotten a September call-up. 
and maybe a certain basketball team might not have gone on to win three straight championships. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Michael Jordan, just about 25 years ago. Remember, he was in his second year. He just finished it up in Double A. Double A. But he had in a great Arizona Fall League. He had a very good Arizona Fall League. He only had 202. Terry Francona was the manager of the Birmingham right. Barons. Right. But I remember a guy telling me, he said, don't look at the 202 average. Look at the 51 ribbies. Look at the 30 steals. That's what they were looking more at, Jordan. Remember, we weren't doing analytics like we do today with everything. And there's no, there's no I have to, always have to preface, there's no internet, there's no social media, so we don't have that daily. But I spent some time on the old um, uh, corridor, the I-4 corridor, going up to 75 South, going over to Fruitville Road and going to Ed Smith Stadium in Sarasota. Because the story to me was Jordan in training camp. I mean, the, the baseball Jordan was still, again, amazing to me that he even did that. We all thought it might be a, a self-exile because of the gambling thing in the NBA, and maybe they had done some deal. Obviously, it was the White Sox. Jerry Reinsdorf owns both the White Sox and the Bulls. Don't forget that, too. But you mentioned it. Ron Schuler had planned at that time, at some point, that Jordan was going to make his Major League debut. Now, it never got that far because he then had a little tiff with Schuler, who wanted Jordan to play replacement games. Jordan refused. He would not be that part of it. it. He was not going to be a scab. Not going to cross the line. So just about 25 years ago, right about now, he got in his private plane at Sarasota Bradenton, <laughs> Bradenton Airport. He flew away. Remember, he came back with just two words. I'm back. I'm back. That was it. There was no big press release. There was no big press conference. And then on March 19th, 1995, Jordan's wearing number 45, scores 19 against the Indiana Pacers in a loss at Indiana. Um, and that was it. We never heard of baseball again. Jordan was done. So you're right. What would have been different had we didn't have We're never going to know. Never going to know. Would Jordan might have stuck with baseball? Would he well, never have gone? He said he was burnt out. Well, Ron Schuler, though, he was. But he, look, Ron Schuler, the general manager of the White Sox, was amazed at Jordan's progress from year one to year two. Right. Well, I spent time with Jordan, a lot more in '95 before he left than '94. '94, there was a lot of media. Mm -hmm. By the time it was the second year, some guys had just said, "Oh, who cares anymore?" <laughs> it was just less media. So I had time to spend with Jordan. We would sit around. You could see his dedication was amazing. Okay, there at 7 a.m. taking BP, all the things, first to third. But the beauty was is that Michael Jordan had time to spend with us that were just hanging around the lockers because now I was there for the Tigers. But I said, "This is the story." It's still it. Sarasota with the White Sox. And I even asked him, I, that made the paper in Chicago, because I said, at one point, I hit him on the knee, and I said, hey, Mike, you know, this Grant Hill, they're saying he's the next Michael Jordan. And yeah, he looks, that, and it gives me this look. That here's, lit a fire. Here's the look. He goes, this is the look. Okay, he's going to kill me. But no, he says, you know what? Nah, he's more like Scottie Pippen. But I do like his game. And he gave me one a little winky thing there. So he, he had basketball on the mind the whole time. There were rumors that he was working at Riverview High School in Sarasota, just going shooting occasionally. I believe, he, I believe that's true. Hey, when true. you're in spring training, you don't have any else. What else are you going to do? Hang out, go play. He could have played golf, I guess, more. But that was crazy because we'll never know the result of that had replacement baseball not been a thing. And he probably – I'm going to guess that he would not have returned to the Bulls and the Bulls would not have resumed because he won three in a row, took, you, took a year or two off. Then they come, he, he comes back, and they win three in a row Well, I think Reinsdorf especially wanted to see, look, he was his, he was his guy. He owned both teams. Well, so if he doesn't go back to the Bulls, he's a White Sox guy. So, of course, Reinsdorf wants to get him in the majors. But somewhere in the spring of 95, it was no longer a publicity stunt. In, in all seriousness, they thought no, this it was guy. Not, you know what? I, I've, I've thought about that for 25 years to this day, Bernie, and I'm going to tell you, 
whatever the reason, the gaming thing, his dad passing, you know, the whole that whole tragedy. Throughout it all, I really think he he put a lot of effort into the baseball thing. He really wanted to see if that could happen. He did. He wanted to get to the he big promised leagues, but his you daddy know what? Would do it. Let me digress for just a second because you talked about Sparky. Yeah. Sparky refused to yeah. manage the replacement players. You talk about still waters running deep. In 2004, I was there when the Tigers had the 20-year anniversary of the 1984 team that was epic, 35-5, and beat the Padres in the World Series. There were two people conspicuously gone, one Marty Castillo, but the other Sparky Anderson. And you talk about still waters running deep. They never... The two sides never forgave each other, and Mike Illich and him just never really. I mean, it wasn't him. so. It was Illich. You're right. Partly, it was mostly Joe Klein. And I think the problem that Sparky had was that Illich didn't back him, and he went with Klein, and he he picked his battles and yes. he chose Joe Klein at the time the GM, who then of course left after '95, and Randy Smith became the general manager. And we know how that oh, turned out. Oh, Pinocchio Smith. We know how that. You get three out. shows on that, <laughs> Mark. You know, one of the things Rob talked about the other night, and you get a chance to listen to it. Uh, it's archived. Uh, Thursday night, the odd couple, because Rob's a huge baseball fan, and as we all are. And you know what's interesting, Mark, is it's not so much that opening days are, are notable, but they're memorable. I have a couple because these are the two that stick out in my mind. They're fairly innocuous because Rob had Dave Justice on that night, and so they got off on this, this little tangent about how Justice tried to – Rob tried to get Dave Justice to become a Frank Sinatra fan, and it didn't work. Opening day, 1977, Dodger Stadium. Who sings the national anthem? Frank Sinatra. Who forgets the words? Frank Sinatra. Oh, wow. Forgot the words. The other one, and I want to hear your opening day story after I'm done, but opening day, Comerica Park, when it opened in 2000, first of all, it was about 35 degrees that day. With the wind chill, it was about 15 degrees. And the Seattle Mariners were dropping F-bombs around the batting cage. I was right there, and if the commissioner, Bud Selig, hadn't been there that day, he said the, the players' union would have canceled the game. But here comes the punchline. We didn't know. Sold-out stadium, huge wind blowing from right field to left field. When the Tigers scored their inaugural run in 2000 on a single up the middle, these dancing waters shoot 100 feet into the air, and the wind blowing from right, right. field to left field completely doused the people in the left yeah. field bleachers, and it was only about 15 degrees that right, day. It was frozen. I'm still thinking somebody had to die. We just never heard and about it. And there you go, another, another anniversary, 20 years. 20 years Com ago, right. Comerica Park, April 11th was the day that that opened against the Mariners, Tigers and Mariners. Uh, my favorite one was still the day we were on the air. Rob Parker and I were on the air. And we were kind of ripping the, the pitching staff, and we had Doug Brocale on. <laughs> you all remember Doug Brocale? <laughs> and we, I think Rob had asked him a yes or no question about, will the Tigers pitching staff be good enough to win anything? And I think Brocale came with and said no. We get to the ballpark, because we always went to the – we were in the locker room. We were in the, dress, you know, the, the clubhouse. We made sure we were there. And we walked down the old Tiger Stadium steps, and the first guy to see us is Greg Jeffries. At that time, he's a Tiger. He goes, mm -hmm. oh, are you, and I can't say the word, in trouble. Brocale wants to see you right now, upstairs, outside, by the bullpen. I went, you know what? And we, he just kind of laid into us a little bit. It wasn't that bad. But the way Jeffries looked when he did that to us, I said it's going to be pretty – I'm going to remember this one. So that's what I remember. I don't know why that's a thing, but it's a thing. Coming up, another gentleman with Michigan roots also who changed the fortunes of one franchise most certainly now has an opportunity to possibly change two franchises simultaneously. We'll get to that. You know, Discover matches all the cash back you earn 
on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because, see, Discover's accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. He is Mark the Man Wilson. I'm Bernie Fratto, and we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted to. Don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Covino and Rich, and much like you, we work hard to try to provide a nice life for ourselves, for our family, for our kids. And we've worked hard to build a nice home. And you want to protect those things. God forbid something happened to you. The things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash crshow for 10% off plus free document shipping. Assure that your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings. The state deciding what happens to your assets, you don't need that. Secure your assets, protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. And again, you're going to get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash CR show. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash CR show. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, joined by Mark the Man Wilson, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more 
on car insurance means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Mark, we were both at Michigan, a young guy by the name of uh, Tom, Tom Brady. Yeah, he was there at Michigan. I only had one conversation with him his entire time, but he made quite a name for himself. And then he went on to uh, the NFL. And what's interesting is there are two stories people really don't know, because can you imagine we're talking about 19, check that, 219 regular season wins, 30 postseason wins, six Super Bowl wins, four Super Bowl MVPs. By the way, all of them, the most in NFL history, it almost didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the fact that Brady almost played baseball. All right. People dissed that, but he really wanted to play baseball. He actually was offered better money when he was drafted by the Montreal Expos as a left-handed hitting catcher. Out of high school, San Mateo mm-hmm. High School, yep. And he he just he made the right choices, it turns out. He wanted to play football. It just went a little bit above baseball, but the Expos came at him hard. So now he goes to Michigan. And like you said, he uh, you know he battled Drew Henson his entire time there at Michigan, it seemed. It was always about Henson and Brady. And Brady ended up starting... About 25, went 20 and 5 as a starter, went and won two bowl games. So he's, he's you know, and during that time, I, I learned about Tom Brady one thing that every time people talk about his demeanor and he's a very happy guy, what a nice guy he is, through all the stuff, through 20 years of stuff, I've always told people he's an SOB. He's in a, a nerd. In a I good think he's way. a nerd. In a good, no, he's in a good way. In a good way. But he always does it smiling. So every time you see Brady, and sometimes he'll take little shots at people and whatnot, he can swear, too. I've seen him do that pretty good. He's always got a smile on his face. And I, I think that's always been the difference between a guy like him and someone who doesn't have a smile on his face. Think about 25 starts, though, is not necessarily a lot. Now, I remember, right. well, he ran yes. the scout team and was destroying the defense. I asked him a question. What's the best advice Lloyd Carver gave you? He said, well, I went in there one day and told Coach I should be starting. And he said, Tom, I'm going to give you some advice for life, and it's advice for football. Worry about yourself. Yeah, that's a good one. And that's a Lloyd Carr. That sounds like Lloyd. Remember, there was a third guy involved, Jason Kapsner. Yes. For a big quarterback from Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And he played. He played against Northwestern, Purdue, Rice, I believe. Kapsner got into games. So there was a third guy involved in the, in the troika that is Tom Brady, Drew Henson, and Jason Kapsner at Michigan. So here comes the draft. So we're at the 20th anniversary of the, of the Tom Brady draft. Correct. Here we go. You know, 2,000, 198 pass on him, sixth-round pick, number 199. And I want to tell you this right now, okay? First of all, he was fourth in the depth chart when he got to New England. Drew Bledsoe was the starter. He started every game the previous year, 16 games, started them all. Uh, they had John Freeze as the backup, and they had Michael Bishop. From Kansas State. Before you – you got a great story. I just want to say one thing. because yes. I, Thank you. I remember Brady's last game. At Michigan. At Michigan, right. when he beat Alabama 38-35 mm-hmm. and Freddie Millens, Bama was a seven-point favorite. Michigan wasn't supposed to have a chance. Oh, nothing. Brady, four touchdown passes. He single-handedly beat that team. I said to myself, why can't this guy? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because that's part of the Brady chip on the shoulder is that he thought he was very good. He thought he was better than what his combine looked like, which was not great. His numbers weren't good. His measurements and his measurables, as they say, were not very good. He did a 33, I believe, on the uh, Wonderlick. On the Wonderlick. I always like to call it the Rorschach test. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. Must be the, the Wonderlick was mustard stain on my shirt. You're looking at. It's sad that I remember Brady's Wonderlick test. I'm kind of obsessed with the story about Brady early, though, because when you get to the draft and he gets to New England, I- I'm just going to say it flat out. 
He could have been cut at any time, and no one would have said boo. Well, Bel- you, t- you tell the tale. Belichick got outvoted. Pretty much everybody around the room, with the exception of Belichick, I think, and, and Scott Pioli was in his first year as GM at, at the time, even though Belichick kind of ran the show. Pioli joined the Patriots in 2000. I think Pioli was also on the Brady train because they had two Bradys. They had Bledsoe and Freeze. Michael Bishop, even Brady had told me at the exhibition game at the Silverdome that year that he said Michael Bishop might be the best athlete I've ever seen. So he was kind of before the Lamar Jackson, I mean, uh, right. uh, the whole Jackson and Deshaun Watson kind of player right. who could really move around. He was way ahead of the time. He was a Michael Vick type. He was Michael Vick before, kind of before. About at, the same time. About the same time yeah. as Vick. So I'm telling you, now, forget, don't forget this. He only, Brady stat line for 2000 is, is three attempts, one completion, six yards. Now, the one completion, that's the trivia question, who did he throw his first, is Rod Rutledge, former tight end of the Patriots. It was the Thanksgiving Day game against the Lions of the Silver Room, so twice he comes back to town. Twice I talked to him. Both times he thought he was going to get cut. We were talking about maybe Cleveland, go to San Francisco, Kansas City came up, San Francisco, because he's a Northern California, he's a California guy. He didn't think he'd be a Patriot. I really think, and you don't see that a lot on the Wikipedia. You don't hear a lot about that first year. But that first year, he could have been cut at any time, and only that Thanksgiving Day game did he play. And what if Bledsoe doesn't get hurt in 2001? Again, another situation where how might the sports landscape history had changed? There was no, there was no talk about dumping Bledsoe then. Not at all. He had just started all the way. He went to the Super Bowl with the Patriots. And under, let me under tell you, to this day, they say that's one of the loudest hits in the history of the NFL that Bledsoe got knocked the next Tuesday. You know, remember said, who it was? It was Mo Lewis of the Mo Jets. Mo Lewis. And, and he became Wally Pip. He really Literally did. became, he became Wally. Wally Pip because basically Brady comes in and doesn't come out and, until he goes to Tampa Bay. So think about it. Brady almost doesn't go play football at Michigan. He didn't have exactly have a lot of offers. Right. Drafted as a left-handed hitting yep. catcher out of San Mateo High School. Almost cut. You had a couple of times. Well, initially, because Michael uh, Bishop played too in the preseason and in the regular season, he got in some games, and so did John Freeze. Even though Bledsoe started all sixteen, Brady only played the one three-minute stint and went one for three. That was his stat line. If you go look, it's it's crazy. Looks weird. So everybody wants to know why did Brady leave? Was he tired of it? Look, I just think it's very simple. Let's demystify this. He wants two things. He wanted to get paid. And he got a two-year deal, and he wants to win. And don't think they can't win with Bruce Arians. My buddy, our good, beloved friend, Rob Park, and I are going to disagree on this vehemently. Yeah, Rob loves Tom Brady. Oh, loves him. Wants to... <laughs> They're in love <laughs> with each other. sarcasm. So the bottom line is, how will Brady do in Tampa? I think he'll do very well. That's a team that won seven games last year. They had a quarterback that turned the ball over 38 times. 30 picks. 30 picks. Not only were they 30 picks, Mark, 20... 20- 22 of the 38 turnovers that he had were inside their own 39-yard line and posting real, you know, problems for the defense. Six of those picks were pick sixes, and six of those picks were on first drives. They were killer. Jameis Winston is the first 30-30 player in the history of the NFL, 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. But here's, here's, in my opinion, this is Bruce Arians. Hey, Jameis, I can lose with you. I can lose without you. Remember, Tampa Bay is now second to Cleveland and not having made the playoffs. It's now 12 years. Cleveland's number one, I think, was 17 years. No playoff wins since they won the Super Bowl in 2002. That's zero in 18 years. Double-digit losses, seven of the last 11 years for Tampa. 
it was worth the shot. It's worth the money. It's worth the try because if they were seven and nine with that team and the way that they're, if they can find, dude, they're stops, a ten win team. If Brady doesn't add three wins to that, I'll be shocked. Twenty four touchdowns, eight interceptions last year. He managed the game. His arm strength is fine. I think he this, ain't throwing thirty picks. Ask Ben Roethlisberger how he liked Bruce Arians in Pittsburgh. How that offense go after he left? By the way, Chuck Pagano, and I'm glad he fully recovered. Had cancer. Bruce Arians takes over in Indianapolis. Did just fine. I think this is going to be something to watch. I really do too. They're I'm I'm with you. Forty to one, to eighteen to one, to fourteen to one. Pat's going the other way. Pat's win total now eight and a half. I'm not saying Jared Stidham is might not be the next whoever. What about Brian Hoyer, Michigan State University? You know he he's become like the Vince Evans without the BMW lot. Yeah, what what is it? Three times with New England, ten different trips around the league. It's Brian Hoyer. He practices well. I guess he's very serviceable. But I don't, very know, I don't know that you're going to win a Super Bowl with him. Just a Michigan saying. Wolverine replaced by a Spartan. That oh, how about that? Oh, that? oh, boy. I that, would love it. <laughs> well, that sounds like a drop. I would love it. Coming up, the NBA is what lit the fuse for this entire row of dominoes when everything keeps getting canceled and postponed. Yeah, we've got some NBA stories as well and how that might have affected history. But first, well, let's go to the man. Well, he's not afraid to admit to Fox Sports Radio icon Jason Smith that he's been like a father to him. It's Brian Finley with the latest. Thank you so much, Bernie. I have a lot of dads, and that is definitely the case. Uh, We'll just continue from there. Uh, New York Knicks owner Jim Dolan has coronavirus. The team reassuring he's currently self-isolating and is feeling little to zero symptoms. NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski reported when the league was thinking about playing games without fans, The Knicks were the only team in the league against it at the time, unless the government stepped in. Retired St. Louis Cardinal slugger Jim Edmonds has checked into a hospital and is getting tested for coronavirus. Bobby Hebert Sr., the father of former Falcons and Saints quarterback Bobby Hebert, has died after coming down with coronavirus. Bobby Hebert Sr.'s grandson tweeting out about his grandfather, quote, he is the wisest, kindest, and most tactful person I have ever known. He passed this morning, and I love him, and I will miss him, end quote. DePaul Jr. Paul Reed is bound for the NBA draft. He's projected to go somewhere between the middle of the first and second rounds. The Chiefs are bringing back wide receiver Demarcus Robinson on a one-year deal. His coming out game was week two of last year in a win against the Raiders, 172 yards receiving. And the Ravens, after puking away their chances in getting Michael Brockers as a consolation, getting Derek Wolf on a one-year deal worth up to $6 million. As we send it back to the main man in Bernie Fratto. No fans. What's the big deal, Brian? The Chicago Bulls have been doing that for years, buddy. <laughs> yes. Hey, by the way, while I got you, and you are the Mac Daddy, question, which sport is going to return first? I think golf is going to return first. It was one. Well, of no, I mean la- the team sports of the four uh, majors. Well, see, now you tell me, Birdie. Come on. I told you I got a few holes in my game. <laughs> All right. Hockey, so, basketball, football. It's definitely not going to be the NBA. I'm going to go with the NHL because I know some of our other coworkers are going to go with another league, and I don't want to overstep and say the same thing. But I don't think it's going to be the NBA because they were the first. And I do think that once one league does get their, get themselves ready to play, it's going to be kind of a trickle effect. But the NBA might be the last, if you're asking me. All right, NHL. Uh, Chris Perfett, what are your thoughts? So I originally was going to say NHL, then I've kind of seen the number of cases rise for them for the coronavirus. 
And trouble is going to be with baseball here. As much as we're missing opening day, it's going to get more complicated as it goes on. I'm going to have to say, and it really drives me a little uh, in the gut, but I think we're going to see football come back first. It's going to come back at its regular time. Oh, no, no. All right, hold on. Dismissed. All right. Well, at least you're (laughs) honest, Chris. All right, thanks, guys. Look, uh, we talk about the NBA. That's the uh, the league that lit the fuse. We're the only team. The, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert situation. So we welcome in. This is a feature we created February 8th, long before we knew any of this craziness would happen. Mackenzie Rivers, Mackin on the NBA. So Mark Wilson, Mark the Man Wilson, myself, and Mackenzie, we're going to have a little NBA roundtable here because we are chock full of crazy stories that, again, occurred that would have change the course of the NBA. And I'm going to start with one real quickly because Mark and I've told, I think I've told both of you guys this story. Well, I was an intern at the forum, Magic Johnson's rookie year. Now I remember legendary broadcaster, Chick Hearn, Mm -hmm. the Lakers were drafting number one overall that year in 1979. And Chick very much wanted Sidney Moncrief. He didn't want anything to do with Magic Johnson. Now, Obviously, Magic was drafted number one. Chick was livid. Yes, I know I was there. And I remember Chick saying things like he lumbered gracefully. (laughs) Didn't think he had a shot. All kinds of things. Well, that all changed when the Lakers beat the San Diego Clippers in the first game and he jumped into Jabbar's arms. And then nine months later, they beat Philadelphia. Magic plays all three positions and the rest is history. But Can you imagine? Well. Had the Lakers... Never acquired Irvin Magic uh, Johnson. Just, you know, I watched him in college. I went to school with Magic. I was at Michigan State University. <laughs> you were. No, it's true. True story. You were. I mean, yeah. one national championship. And I was in. I was in. So, I was in Salt Lake City when they won that yeah. against. The, it's still the most watched championship game in the history of television. Was the Indiana well, State. And, and you were on a year ago, by the way. We had yeah, you well, on the forty-year anniversary. Yeah. Now, because there's something to that story too, when the Spartans lost to Northwestern. A couple of weeks before the tournament started, you couldn't have not no pictured way. the Magic Bird game in a million years. They were horrible. They were 4-4 four four in the Big Ten, and I thought they were going nowhere, and they were screaming at each other, and Judd Heathcote was yelling at Magic at Irvin, and Greg Kelser was yelling at Irvin, and, and Bobo Charles was yelling at oh, It was terrible. So I never would have seen that coming. But uh, to think that Irvin Johnson wasn't going to make it in the NBA is a little crazy because I just thought he was – I'd never seen anything like it before my two years with him at Michigan State. Sidney Moncrief was a pretty good He's a hell of a player. defender. <laughs> a hell of a well, player. Look, I'm going to tell a you. Nice elbow jumper. Let's not diminish what Sidney no, Moncrief no. meant to this league. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, but he was not. Look. Maybe not. Maybe I not. was there. I swear to God, I'll never forget the day Magic walked by me for the first time. Now, this is 1979. Six foot nine, point guard. Six foot nine, amazing skills, passer, the ability to elevate an entire franchise. Now, good. He didn't, he didn't have a three-point shot then. He wasn't a great free-throw shooter. He didn't, have, didn't have his baby hook. He didn't have any of those things. But he had everything else you could ever imagine. So when that first – if you look at his old – even his Michigan State, even the game against Indiana State, he was able to create offense, but it wasn't necessarily the polished addition. You know that loss by 18 to the worst team in basketball, Northwestern, that year, that when they, before they went on that run, only lost one more game? Right. That was the last against right. Wisconsin. Magic had a triple-double that game. Not bad. Still had a triple-double. So can double you imagine game. if there would have never been a Magic Bird game, Magic hadn't been drafted by the Lakers, Magic went to the finals 9 of 12 years with the Lakers and won five championships. Here's another thing people don't know. The Lakers also had an all-star point guard that they were... 
Norm Nixon? At that time, Norm Nixon. But they're like, this guy's too good. He can play power forward, and we'll give him point guard later in games, later in championships, it turns out. But you, you got to just pick the best player available. I don't know what Chuck Hearns was thinking at the time, but the top-end potential of a Magic Johnson versus Sidney Moncrief, Lakers had a no-brain decision about it. Well, it's easy to say that now, but I, I, I was there. and <laughs> I've I only seen this on YouTube 20 years before I was born, but wait, wait. I think they made the right decision. Well, I think so. What are you trying to say, man? That we're old? <laughs> I'm saying that 1980 was the, was the highlight of my life of basketball. Just remember, Mark Twain, I was born. <laughs> Mark Twain once said, never, never complain about getting older. Many fine people are denied the privilege. <laughs> right, the privilege. <laughs> All right, Mark, we were on the air in one of the most memorable, infamous events in Detroit sports history. Oh, Malice of the Palace? Bingo. We had the 15th anniversary. See, we're it's an anniversary show. 15th anniversary was last November, so it's the same season. November 19th, 2004. Uh, the, the, believe it or not, the Detroit Pistons were the defending NBA champions, <laughs> which seems crazy now to think. Larry Brown, baby. And so there was this innocuous game, and Bernie and I were on the air in Detroit. It was a game in November. It was at the end. The Pacers were kicking some piston, but... And then I think we both looked up at the team. We, we, I didn't even know why we had the game still on. And we looked up and we went, what the hell is going on? Something's happening at the Palace. And then all of us, as we say that, Ron Artest goes crazy. He starts going to the stands. John Green, one of the fans, longtime Piston fans. Uh, I forget the, the other the guy. Empty I, actually bear cup. The, I actually wrote the, the guy other that guy. got punched in the face who walked up to yeah, the player. That, like, hey, he, uh, he, no, the other guy got punched in the face, too. <laughs> the other guy got punched. Um, Alvin Shackelford, I think, got punched. He sounds like he should be punched in the face. Alvin Shackelford, <laughs> and it w- it was on, and it was, and it really changed the landscape of the East because the Pacers were off to a good start. And there's a backstory there as well because that Pacers team was coached by a former disgruntled Pistons coach, mm-hmm. right? Rick and had that all. We're going to get back to this because had not there not been so many suspensions, et cetera. That Indiana Pacers team was incredible. By the way, uh, McKenzie, to his credit, has compiled a great list here of players that are terrific that never really got a chance to make their mark in the NBA. But had they had that chance, and a couple of them with very decorated franchises, that might have changed the landscape as well. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. to take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. We'll be right back with that NBA talk. I'm Bernie Fratto. He's Mark Deman Wilson. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted to. Don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, joined in house by Mark, the man Wilson. Before I go any further, I want to thank our crew back in Los Angeles Eric Roberts, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. We appreciate all your hard work, guys. Mackenzie, I love this list you put together, but there's one name that really jumps at me, not because. Of just because of his tragic circumstances, but what could have been? Well, you're talking about Len Bias, the number two overall pick in 1986, a smooth, small forward, they said, with the athleticism of Michael Jordan. And this is the thing. The Celtics drafted him in 86. They lose to the, to the Lakers in the finals in 87. So this young man could have been part of something historic. I mean, this was a team on the rise to add that kind of talent. It would have been unseen before. I not only saw Len Bias play before Maryland against Pepperdine in Long Beach in the round of 64, but think about what you just said, the Celtics. They lost to the Lakers in the finals in 87. They were defending champions. They had just beaten Houston in 86. And in 84, they beat the Lakers. In 85, lost to the Lakers. They'd gone to four straight NBA finals. And you add Lenny Bias. Mark, you saw Lenny Bias. Uh, terrific player. I mean, what can you say? It's been so well documented how great he could have been if he had. St- imagine if he had actually focused on just basketball yeah, and not young. some of the, the the dregs of his life that he went through. Uh, how much better he might have been. He. It is possible we be talking about him on the Mount Rushmore. And think Very about possible. it. So '88, the Pistons lost to the Lakers. '89, the Pistons broke through '90. Yeah. Boston never got back to the finals for many, many, many years, and Red Arbach right, lamented that. Yeah. I mean, if if you would, if they would have reloaded and, and restarted the dynasty, who knows what kind of coach they would have brought in? Who knows if Red would have stayed involved? But, you know, you move on, and a, a tragic loss like that opened the door for those bad boy Pistons in the 80s. Now, here's another guy. People are going to recognize the last name because his son played for Gonzaga, and he's now in the <laughs> NBA. 
But I saw this dude in the 88 Olympics, and he was so dominant, that's when John Thompson, who coached the 88 Olympic team for the U.S., said, we can no longer send our college kids. We always think of great basketball what, as what happens in the NBA. I believe uh, Bill Walton when he says this guy was a seven-foot-three Larry Bird. This was the best 20-year-old Bill Walton had ever seen, Arvidas Sabonis. Why didn't he dominate the NBA? Politics. He stayed in Russia. He stayed in the USSR. He came here and almost won a championship in 1999 as a 45-year-old man lumbering down the court. But he was athletic as anybody. He could shoot. This man, I, I think... If you're if you're true to basketball greatness and you're not looking at the NBA history, you got to include this guy in one, as one of the great talents. Well, of all if time. you saw Bill Walton play, he had all the moves Bill Walton had, and the, the Russians actually pulled a fast one because the Portland Trailblazers allowed Arvidas Sabonis to work out with them and train. The Russians said, "Let us get through the Olympics, and then we'll let him go." And then they didn't let him go. <laughs> but you've got a couple of other names on here that are that are classics. Yeah, uh, staying in the international flavor, we got Oscar Schmidt. Some <laughs> some might say Oscar, but they would be incorrect. Yeah, it's, it, it, the only reason I know it's Oscar, <laughs> he I don't think he cares, but hey, he's so decorated as a player. If you don't know who Oscar Schmidt is, go Wikipedia the guy, go look at his basketball reference stuff. But you you have it written down here: twenty nine years international basketball, five Olympics, top scorer in three. But Oscar Schmidt, this is one final Michigan State story. Judd Heathcote before Tom Izzo. He was this close to getting Schmidt to come from Brazil to Michigan State. He, I don't think he did a better recruiting job at anybody that never came. But he always said this, Irvin Johnson's still the best player he obviously ever saw and, play, and coached. Number two was Schmidt. Number three, Sidney Moncrief. No. No, you never. <laughs> I think he would probably go either Scott Skiles or Mateen Cleves because they did want to, well, he didn't coach him. But Oscar Schmidt was another guy who could have come to the United States, and I, 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 I swear I'm going to get this right. I think it was Bobby Knight. We're all sitting in the office because they used to come up to see Judd a lot. They were Judd was their guy. And I, it is either Tarkanian or it was Jim Beheim. So I don't want to get it wrong. So I'll just say there was a bunch of good guys in there singing the praises of Oscar yep. Schmidt from Brazil. He's an well, amazing and, player. And at, at, at that vintage, he would have been on the same roster as Greg Kelsinger and Magic Johnson. Yeah, because uh, he's actually a year older than Irvin is. Irvin's going to be 61. Schmidt's about 62 now. And you ask the contemporaries. I mean, they didn't play with him in the NBA, but they played against Sabonis. They played against Oscar Schmidt, and they said these guys were as good as any. And I bring this all up to say this. NBA might be the last league to come back. Basketball does not have to be the last sport. Basketball is so much bigger and broader. If Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Steph Curry want to have a King of the Mountain tournament in their house, I am tuning in. Are you in? You're all in? You could call it the We Are Tested tournament. There's a test at the front door, and once, once you get in, there's two on two. You got Durant, LeBron, Curry, Thompson. You got Kawhi hold, holding a horse in the corner. These are the greatest basketball players in the world. The NBA is smaller than them. They want to take a big stage. They want to do something fun. Let's play horse in the park at Rutgers. I'll, I'll well, do all the cleaning. I will Clorox it. It'll be it'll be fresh. I'm digging what you're slinging. Well, you know, it's interesting. You talk about players. How often do you do a 30 for 30 on a guy who never played in the league, but he had a moniker, and it said, the goat could go? Earl, the goat, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you sat him down. You said, who is the greatest you ever played? He'll think about Michael. He'll think about Magic. But he answered this question in the affirmative. The best player I ever played against, Earl the Goat Manigault, about a six foot three kid from the from the streets of, of New York that never made it out of the streets of New York, but he could take the dollar off the top of a of a backboard 
and he can shoot it from anywhere. And leave so change. And so leave you're, change. So you're That's a legend. When he was Lou Alcindor. Yes, Lou Alcindor. There says, you go. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar now says Muhammad. Well, I'll say this. Earl Manigault was the man. He did look like he had game, and, and the reason I don't completely dismiss that is because I saw Lloyd Sweet P. Daniels on Christmas Day in 1992 play for the Spurs and score like 18 points. He didn't play in college. He didn't play in high school, but he was an NBA player, and I'm like, how does this happen? He was like from a different planet. Yeah. Basket- basketball is an amazing thing. It's bigger than the NBA. I want to thank Mark Demand Wilson for coming in tonight. We had so many great many years in Detroit. Am I done? <laughs> Emmy Award winning. Thanks again, Mackin. Thanks to the guys uh, back in Los Angeles. Uh, we got to do this again. The bottom line is, look, we don't know where the sports world is going, but we know where it's been, and this isn't the first time there's been stoppages. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. Up next, it's Jason Martin and the Jason Martin Show. Keep it locked. Straight out of Vegas! As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free ready to unlock a world of entertainment philips roku tv has america's favorite tv streaming platform built in so you can watch live tv catch every game discover must-see shows and hit movies and get all the best streaming apps in one place like iheart for all your favorite music radio and podcasts watch what you want when you want immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4k picture and sound for every budget with sizes for every room find your perfect philips roku tv today online or at your local walmart and sam's club